started, um, since we have a time limit on this workshop. So uh, for those of you who do not know me, my name is Cody Bryan. I'm on staff with Christian Challenge at Chico State. And I'm Brittany, and I'm also on staff at Chico. Yes. Uh, we uh, met each other through Christian Challenge at Chico State, and we started dating in our sophomore year of college. And we dated uh, on through college, and then uh, got graduated, got married, and went on full-time staff all in one summer. So we just like to get everything, every huge life transition there out of the way. We're very efficient. Yeah, we are. Um, so uh, make sure to have a pen and paper out uh, because we're going to do a Q&A at the end. So please feel free to write down any questions you have um, so that then we can hopefully address those at the end of the workshop. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so we know that not everybody is in the same place in, in a dating relationship here. Uh, there's going to be people who aren't dating probably here and people who are in a relationship and people who have been in a relationship. And so hopefully everything we say is relevant because uh, it all has to do with relationships. So whether you've been in one before or you haven't, um, you probably will be sometime in the future. So you should be able to take something away uh, from this workshop um, and apply it to your life. Um, one thing I want to open up with, just some general broad perspective stuff about your life right now, is that it really needs to be focused on growing your relationship with God. So I want to open with that because um, that's one of the biggest problems that happens with dating relationships a lot of the time, is it becomes your primary focus. So what you really need this time to be um, focused on your relationship with God because if you aren't uh, doing that before you start dating, it's highly unlikely you're going to have that shift after you start dating somebody. Uh, who here wants to find uh, the right person to be with for the rest of their life? Good. Some of you don't? Wow. You're in the oh. wrong workshop. All right. Maybe yeah. there's some other workshops to go to if, if you want to go to those. Uh, so the way to find the right person to be with is not by making that your sole ambition. Okay? What you really want to do is apply Matthew 6.33, um, which says, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Now, the Bible scholars in the room are going to be thinking, hey, that verse was not written about dating. Uh, and you're right, okay, it wasn't. But the truth still remains that you need to make um, seeking God and, and furthering his kingdom your number one priority in life um, before you start uh, dating. Or if you're already dating, you need to really uh, make sure that is your primary focus. Um, because like, if God really is good and dating somebody who he wants you to date is good, like, he's going to want you to have that. So he's not going to rip you off. He's not going to say, oh, well, you were, you were spending all your time trying to grow your relationship with me and share my word. So I'm, gonna, I'm not going to connect you with somebody that you're really going to enjoy dating. You know, that doesn't make any sense, but I think sometimes that's the perspective we work out of um, when, when we think about dating. So here's some areas of your life that you really need to evaluate um, before you get into a relationship, or again, if you're already in a relationship, it's not too late. You can still evaluate these um, at this point. So it's three areas. It's master, mission, and mate. Okay? Yeah. What was that? Yeah, the three areas of your life you really need to evaluate are master, Mission and mate. All right, so is Jesus my master? What areas of my life do I need to further give to Christ, to surrender to him? 
And this isn't about perfection so much as it is about direction, that you're pursuing him in every single area of your life. And the second is mission. Am I currently involved in making disciples? And what, what is God's call for my life? Uh, adding a dating relationship will not uh, at all uh, suddenly make you active in ministry. It's not going to flip a switch for you. So if you're not already active in ministry, uh, it's, it's really unlikely that that's going to happen after you start dating somebody. Because that just makes life busier, right? When you're dating somebody, uh, you, your focus is split, you, your, your money is split, you, your time is split, uh, all these things. Um, your focus is now extra focus on one other person uh, instead of your ministry. It just adds more to your life. Uh, and the third is mate. So who shares my commitment to my master and my mission? So if you can get those first two figured out, it's going to make the third a lot more clear when they come along. If you can figure out, really boil down, what, who is your master, who's the master of your life, and what is your mission, it's going to make finding your mate a lot more clear and a lot easier um, to understand. If you start running towards God, loving and serving him and loving and serving other people, and then you notice that there's somebody else running right alongside you doing that same thing, man, it's going to be pretty, pretty simple to realize this is a great person for me to date. But if you're still and you're thinking, oh, I want to be doing that, and then you've got somebody else still who's thinking, oh, I want to be doing that too, you can very easily start dating and both still be thinking, oh, that would be a good thing to do at some point. Really take my relationship with God seriously and, and really, um, really try to put my best foot forward with, with sharing the gospel with others. And this is really, uh, it's really a faith issue. I remember actually struggling this before I started dating Brittany. I had to decide um, that I trusted that God was big enough to connect me with somebody uh, that was really um, faithfully pursuing him. And I realized I was really, I was really being stupid, right? I walked around and I called myself a Christian. Now, what does that mean, that I'm a Christian? It means I, I trust God with my eternal salvation. Is there anything more important that I could trust God with? Like, I don't think so. I trust God with my eternal salvation, but practically, I was not trusting him to, to provide me with somebody to be, really, be in a relationship with that was, that was actively pursuing him. I didn't, I didn't trust that he was going to be able to pull that off with where I was in life at that time. So... Um, you may be thinking, well, I, I might be doing those things, um, but it's important to note that God isn't limited by your circumstances to lead you to the right person. So if you feel like you are where God wants you to be right now and you just aren't running into any potential people, um, that doesn't mean you're not where you're supposed to be. I would say you keep doing that because that would be good. And God may just want you to be patient or he might be trying to teach you to be content um, or to focus your spiritual growth for now. And then later, maybe he could bring someone along, but maybe you don't need that distraction right now. Um, James 1, 16 through 17 says, Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters, for every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. So what I did to try to keep myself from faltering this, in this is, uh, are you going to hand me that? Yeah, it's, really, it's really hard to shake that habit. 
So what I did to try to help myself from faltering in this, from trying to take it into my own hands of, of finding that person I wanted to be in relationship with, is I made a list of non-negotiables and deal breakers. All right? So that's what I did. I made a list of non-negotiables and deal breakers um, that were in line with the kind of person I knew God would want me to be in a relationship with. Um, so even if you're already in a relationship, I would really seriously encourage you to still do this. To still make a list of non-negotiable and deal non-negotiables and deal breakers. And it might be hard to do because you might want to just like cheat on it and make sure the right things you know are in line with the person you're already dating. But if but if you do that, then you're only you're only deceiving yourself, right? You really, you really want to take this seriously. And if you can, it's hard to do, but if you can, put out of your mind that person you're dating right now and try to make it between you and God. Really try to make it between you and God of writing down what you truly think that person should look like, the person that he wants you to date. And it really makes sense, right, because God's our father. And you think about it, like, I'm, like you know, your parents really care about who you're in relationship with, so surely your heavenly father really cares about who you're in a relationship with. He wants you to be in a relationship with the right kind of person. And then, uh, so with that list, um, if the person didn't match up with that list, I resolved that I would not even contemplate being in a relationship with them. So it really actually helped me because it helped me from doing the whole, you know what I'm talking about, like walking around and thinking, hmm, that person's kind of cute. I wonder if they'd be interested in dating me. Oh, that person's kind of cute too. I wonder if they'd be interested in dating me. You know, it really freed my mind because I just didn't even consider it unless I knew the person was in line with that stuff. So I didn't have to let my mind constantly be wandering like that. I could just wait until I already knew those things about somebody. Um, and that's what ended up happening. It was pretty awesome. And then once I did find somebody that, that lined up with that, I, I made sure to uh, talk with my direct spiritual authority, uh, Paul Wooster, and make sure he thought it was a good idea because he would have an outside perspective on the situation. And so note I said my direct spiritual authority. I want to I touch on this because I think it's really important because um, I've seen people kind of mess this up before. So don't fall into the, the self-made trap of getting advice from like your buddies or, or somebody who maybe like used to be involved in your life and not going to the person who actually knows what's going on now. I've seen people do this. I've actually had guys I was meeting with do this. They didn't talk to me. They, I, they suddenly started dating with somebody. And I was like, whoa, that came out of nowhere. So I followed up with them the next time I met with them. I was like, hey, like, how did you come to that decision? And they're like, oh, I've been thinking about it for like six months. I was like, well, thanks for telling me, you know. And then they're like, and then I talked to my youth pastor back home that I hadn't talked to in two years. And he said it was a great idea, so I was like, going for it. You know, like, that doesn't make any sense. His youth pastor didn't really know what was going on in his life right now. Uh, it really would have been advantageous for him to talk to me about it. Not that I'm so great, but I am aware of what's going on. Uh, and I do have an outsider's perspective uh, on this situation. Uh, and so you really want to do that. It's not bad to get advice from those other people as well. But you should go to the person that knows what's going on. And I would challenge you. If you don't have somebody who's more spiritually mature than you that knows about what's going, knows about your life and, and how you're doing right now in your walk with God, then you should really pursue that relationship before you pursue a dating relationship. Uh, your time would be much better spent on pursuing that kind of relationship um, you know, with like a spiritual mentor than somebody to date. Um, so... We have written down a tip for the ladies. So, so we've got two pro tips to, uh, pro to tip. this. They're kind of random. So they're, they're sprinkled one now, one a little later. <laughs> so for the ladies, boys, you can just plug your ears. Just kidding. Okay, you can <laughs> um, So I liked Cody. Um, 
I took out the word long, but pretty long before he started showing interest in me, which is a little embarrassing, but I'll keep it in there for you guys. Um, but something that really helped me was trying not to um, manipulate the situation to like get Cody's attention. And so I think you know what I'm talking about uh, because like we ladies like always have a radar for people that could potentially like us or that we like or I don't know. We just have a radar at all times. Boys, you should know that. And so <laughs> I would like always kind of know where Cody was like in my freakish girl radar. Okay. I'm not the only one. And, see, they're all saying it's so true. Okay. So boys, just beware. Um, so I would try my best not to manipulate the situation. So I happened to be where Cody was at that same time. Like I might know where he would go sit tonight at dinner. So I would try my best not to like try to purposefully sit at his table. Now I totally do, but that's allowed. We're but that's okay. <laughs> before we were dating, I tried my best not to just like get into wherever he was and manipulate the situation so I could be there. So that's just pro tip. It's a good pro Try tip. <laughs> so I have listed out uh, a couple of bad reasons and a couple good reasons to date. Um, so the bad reasons are being lonely sucks. All right. Bad reason to date. Uh, I am lonely. Bad reason to date. For status, that's a bad reason to date, and the desire to be more happy or more, more fulfilled. Those are very bad reasons to date. So if that's your motivation, I would warn you to put a pause on pursuing a, a new relationship. What was the third one? The third was for status. No, the third was for fulfillment. The fourth, yeah, for a desire to be more happy or fulfilled. So being lonely sucks. It's actually being single. Oh, being single sucks. I'm sorry, I said the same thing twice. Being single sucks. I am lonely. Status, desire to be more happy. Thank you. You got it. Uh, and then some good reasons to date are, I want to get to know someone that I am attracted to. That's a good reason. And uh, I want to eventually find the right person to marry. So that's by no means an all like encompassing list of good and bad reasons. But those are just like the first things that popped into our head that we could think of. Really, reasons we've seen people start dating. Uh, I've pretty much seen people start dating for all of these reasons. And the first four all did not work very well, and the last two worked well. And Because the, the fact of the matter is that you're going to marry somebody that you date. All right? Some people Mind got blowing. chills. Some people got chills. All right? It's true. <laughs> somebody you date, you, you will marry somebody you date, OK? Uh, I've, I've seen my friend, I saw a friend of mine um, start into a dating relationship with somebody who had issues going on that would make them somebody would not be a great idea to marry. But they thought, oh, well, like, that's just who they are. I'm, I'm, I'm going to enter into this relationship anyways. There were, there's really some, some red flags that should have kept the relationship happening, um, but they ignored them and started a relationship anyways. And it seemed, I'm sure you've probably all, you've either done this or you've seen somebody do it. And uh, hopefully in those cases, the people broke up. Because in my friend's case, they didn't. Um, they kept dating. They, they got really serious really quickly. And suddenly, those, those reasons why it would have been a bad idea to date, um, my friend stopped seeing them. And, and he wouldn't listen to anybody that would warn him about them, because he was really seriously in love with this person. And what ended up happening is they ended up getting married. And then all of a sudden, and those problems that, that she had he started having those same problems too. These issues, there was some real teachability issues and, and, and arrogance issues and different things like that. 
Um, and it's really, it really sucks because that friend of mine, I haven't talked to him in probably at least three or four years. Uh, I, as far as I know, he's completely uninvolved with church or any sort of a ministry. And as far as I know, all of our friends, he's not in communication with any of them anymore. And this is real life a couple years down the road of making a poor decision in who you date. And so it's, it's very sobering, it's very serious, um, because it's real life. It, I, so, it still makes me really sad thinking about it, because this was a really good friend of mine. And, and it's crazy to think like where he is now compared to like four or five years ago. And it happens fast. It happens really, really fast. Uh, so, so here's some questions to put on your list of must-haves and deal-breakers. Are they a follower of Christ? Okay, that should be a given, um, but that's, you should still put it on there. Okay, are they a follower of Christ? Uh, 2 Corinthians 6.14 uh, relates to that. We're going to be spitting out some different verses. Um, for the sake of time, we're mostly just going to be giving you references, though, so you can go check them out later. Uh, next one is, do they show a pattern of consistently growing in their relationship with God? So do they show a pattern of consistently growing in their relationship with God? This is good. It's kind of a tricky one. Uh, if you picked up on it, because it means you have to know them for a little bit before you start dating them. The only way you can know if they consistently pursue God is if you've actually seen that in their life for a little while. And I'm sure most of us have had friends who were into the Christian scene for a little while, right? Oh man, they showed up to everything. They talked the talk. They did it all. And then a few months or maybe a year later, all of a sudden, they were completely uninvolved now. You really don't want to get, uh, get tricked and start into a relationship with somebody like that. It's not going to work out very well in the end. I know I prayed. What I prayed was that God would let me get into, only let me get into a relationship with somebody who I would marry and that it would be a better idea for us to be married than not married. That it would be, we'd be able to do more for the kingdom of God married than unmarried. I prayed that specifically. I said, God, only let me marry somebody that we would do more for your kingdom together than separate. Um, and so that, that's a great one. You can steal that from me. Please do. Um, I'm really thankful that, that I prayed that because I've seen God answer it. And it's cool because that was my prayer. That's the kind of person I looked for to date. So this is the next question. Are they committed to making disciples? Are they committed to making disciples? Matthew 28, 18 through 20, which is the Great Commission, it says... Um, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Here's the truth. If somebody is not pursuing in some manner uh, developing and you know, making disciples, then they really aren't that serious about their relationship with God. These are some of Jesus' last words. So if, you are, if somebody isn't taking them seriously then they must not be that serious about Christ. And uh, this is, again, that's a huge one. It's really helpful for uh, getting uh, advice from somebody who's investing with you because they probably have a lot better discretion on that than you do. And then the last one is, are you attracted to them? Duh, right? It had to be said. It had to be said because sometimes Christian dating can be weird, okay? Christians can be weird about dating. Man, Amen. I, it's true, right? It's very true. I've talked to people, and if, if you're in this room, maybe, like, don't take it wrong way. It's not that unusual, but Christians can be like, 
oh, well, man, they're just fired up about God, and, and they're, uh, I see some people laughing, uh, they're fired up about God, and, and, oh, they just, they have the best quiet times, and they're making disciples, and, but they like, ugly. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. <laughs> don't say that about people. <laughs> please, don't, please don't call people. But, uh, you know, just if you are attracted to them, that's okay. It's okay to not be attracted to somebody. I hate their jokes. Yeah, right? They're not funny. I don't want to spend time with them. Yeah, these are all warning signs, okay? You I don't miss jokes, them when they're fair. gone. I don't want to hang out with them. Yeah. I don't want to go on a date. They asked me on a date, but uh, I, I don't had other go. things I really wanted to do. That's kind of a warning sign a little bit there, yeah. okay? Um, all right. So, um, so now there's someone you would like to date, and it would be a good idea based off of your pros and cons, or not pros and cons, it's kind of an alternative as a variation on pros and cons, that deal breakers and, and uh, must-haves. And like your spiritual authority said, oh, that's a great idea, you know, go for it. Now what? Okay, so you know it's not a terrible idea. Now what? So to start, I'm going to actually have you, uh, have Brittany tell you about our first date. So it went a little like this. Um, Cody, at this time, was starting to show um, some sort of interest. Like I had an idea, like maybe he likes me. And so, because he was coming over. I was over, doing this a lot, you know. Uh, yeah, I was I like give a little bit of his eyes. <laughs> right? And, like hearts. Guys, you know what I'm talking about. There were hearts just floating in the air around. Something, something to that effect was happening, I think so. And so I had an idea, but I wasn't sure. And um, so he was coming over to like my apartment every once in a while to like hang out with me and my roommates. And so me and my roommates and Cody, like I think we went to get like milkshakes. Yeah, we went to okay. Big Al's. Yeah, Big Al's, that's milkshake place. And um, Cody always had to park his car across the street from our apartment complex because he couldn't park there, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so the my roommates and I went to go drop him off at his car in the Safeway parking lot. And um, then we were gonna drive home and Cody was gonna drive home. And so Cody says, Come with me in my car. Okay, I did not say that. Yes. <laughs> Come with me. Come with me. That's what you Is said. that woman getting my car? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. I don't suggest doing that, so no, don't bad do that. Idea. <laughs> he said, Come with me in my car, and I was like, Why? <laughs> I'm going home. And he was like, Just say yes. I was like, Okay. So I went and got in his car, and he drove like across the street from Safeway. All the cheek people know. Across the street from Safeway on Nord across the street to Gateway Apartments. You know what I'm it's like, it's it, like 100 yards. It's 100 yards back to my so house. So <laughs> instead of just driving back to their place, I had them drive me like to the Safeway and then asked her to drive with me 100 yards to their apartment complex. It was fishy. It was and the best And my roommates I were, I got out of the car and they're like, where are you going? And I was like, I don't know. And then my roommates were like making hearts out the window like, you got this. And I was like, okay, here I go. So we're sitting in the parking lot at Gateway Apartments, the most romantic parking lot. And um, he, he, all he said was, would you like to go on a date with me as friends? Easy peasy, easy peasy. And I said, I would like that. And he said, okay, how about this Saturday? And I said, okay, I'll pick you up. Ta-da, okay, so fast forward to Saturday, right? And well, actually, side note, he actually had to go to the bathroom and had to go inside my apartment <laughs> complex and all my roommates knew what was going on so I had to like open the door and be like, Cody's here, don't say anything. And so, they were like, oh, okay. And then uh, they start right when she opened the door, they started screaming. <laughs> True story. And she's like, Cody's good here still. And they're like, ah. <laughs> and you girls all know that happens. So, um, so Cody, thanks goes for to the bathroom. That yeah. <laughs> then they leave. My roommates go crazy. Okay, fast forward to Saturday. He picks me up. Uh, we go to a really ghetto mini golf place. 
And I he, thought it was nicer than it was. He thought it was nicer. Not but a, I'm not suggesting that for guys. Yeah, maybe it worked. It worked. Hey, we're married. So that worked. <laughs> <laughs> and so then we went to dinner, and then we went um, to ice cream, and we were sitting at Schubert's, and uh, he says, I forgot something in the car. Okay. And so he like ran across the street to the car and came back with this journal. And I was like, oh, interesting. And so he opened up his journal and just kind of read some things that he was thinking about boundary-wise. And I was a little like weirded out, kind of, because that is a little bit awkward. But first date, first date material. But now, like the, our whole relationship, I was so thankful because it removed any of the question. Like it just kind of like spelled it out. So like the three main categories he laid out were um, time, communication, and physical. And I can try to explain what some of those were. Um, like time, one of them was. We already saw each other a lot of nights a week because of challenge stuff. Like, we saw each other every Tuesday night. We led a life group together. There was always a fun event. Like, we always saw each other a couple times a week at least. Um, and so we weren't going to, like, try to spend a ton of time together outside of that. Besides, we, like, wanted to go on a date every week. And then, like, we had, like, another, like, discretionary time. Like, yeah. you would come over and hang out with me and my roommates or... We go do something with friends. Yeah. Like one planned week, date a week, and then one just like hanging out casual something time. Else a week time. And that worked pretty well. Yeah. Um, and then in the communication front, this is way, okay, we are not that old, but it is way harder now, I think, with the communication thing. For us, then it was just texting. There was no Snapchat. Like it was just texting or calling. And so we just like kind of made a rule that we didn't, where we were, we wanted to be there instead of like always on our phones texting each other. And so, and we're still like that and I kind of appreciate that. But now it's a lot harder. Um, like Snapchat, that confuses people, but my suggestion is like treat Snapchat like texting because it, it's still communicating, and, but people like don't treat it that way. So I don't know, that's just my own personal idea of that. And then the last one um, was physical. And at this point, it was our first date. Like, we hadn't even, like, held hands or anything. But um, it was nice. Just have it laid out there. So some of them were, like, oh, no hanging out in one of our rooms, like, with the door shut. Um, not being in, like, my apartment or house uh, with none of my, like, roommates home or anything like that. Um, not hanging out past midnight unless it was, like, a specifically planned date. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like we were often driving home from Sacramento or something yeah. <laughs> past midnight. And um, we wouldn't kiss for the foreseeable foreseeable future. So I said foreseeable future because I knew I wanted to kiss her. <laughs> so I didn't want to put a real time limit on that. I didn't want to like say something and regret it later. So that's not actually a good idea, but that's really honestly what I did. But we did. We made it a year. Yeah, we ended up, we ended up I, I later re-evaluated re and, and, and said that we're going to wait at least a year. And, and we waited just a year. <laughs> a year to the day. A year to the day. But, um, but uh, and uh, honestly, those boundaries we were often coming, <coughs> coming back to and reassessing and coming up with new ones. Like, I totally forgot about, um, like, the 45-degree rule. You like me? Okay, this is real life, okay? So, yeah, about a month later, uh, I actually I asked her to be my girlfriend because I had asked her as, as friends and I explained that it was to get to know each other better. We weren't committing to a relationship. We weren't gonna like post on Facebook, change statuses, anything like that. We were just gonna go out on some dates, get to know each other better. And if either one of us were like, uh, 
then no hard feelings. That's fine. That was fun. All right. So I wanted to make sure, like, I gave her a escape like route out because I don't want to date someone who doesn't want to date me, you know. And and I wanted the same the same the other way. So, but then a month later, I asked her to be my girlfriend, and we reevaluated, you know, revisited these uh, boundaries. And I don't think this happened at that time, but yeah, I was gonna share the specific. Oh, I stole your point. No, that's fine. Um, I there's I made like really specific boundaries because hazy boundaries are easily breakable boundaries. Okay, and that is the truth. Hazy boundaries are easily breakable boundaries. So this this is my example. We like watching movie. We would we'd start just like sliding down on the couch. Okay, this is real life. And then before you knew it, we were pretty much laying down on the couch next to each other. And I was like, I don't think we should be doing that. And so I said, in one of our dates, I said, Hey, I I want to uh, to clarify this boundary. Um, I, I we are not going to sit next to each other past 45 degrees. <laughs> All right. That sounds so silly, but that's what worked for us. You know, I wanted to make sure that we were really honoring God with our relationship, uh, and, and I felt that that was if we were, we didn't want to be laying down next to each other. So I made the forty-five degree boundary. Um, so I want to go back to the categories and uh, that I talked about: the time, communication, and physical. And so for for time and communication, Ephesians five fifteen through seventeen really really applies to this. I mean, I really encourage you to, to look at that and when you're thinking about what kind of boundaries you'd want there. Um, physical boundaries, that's Ephesians 5, 15 through 17. Uh, physical, uh, you can look at Ephesians 5, 3. Uh, that says, uh, but among you, there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality. I mean, it goes on, but that's the, that's the main point. And then 1 Thessalonians 4, 3 and 4. 1 Thessalonians 4, 3 and 4. And then 1 Corinthians 6, 18 through 20. Um, so, sorry, can you repeat the physical Yeah, so Ephesians 5.3, 1 Thessalonians 4, 3 through 4, and 1 Corinthians 6, 18 through 20. And, and then there's actually a fourth category that, that I, I thought about. I didn't necessarily talk about it, um, but it was another category that I had boundaries in that I wanted to think about, and that was emotional. And that was because of um, Proverbs 4.23. It says, above all else, guard your heart, for it affects everything you do. It's Proverbs 4.23. And I did not want to set her up to mess up in that verse, or mess up that verse. And I didn't want to do that either. You know, I wanted above all else to guard my heart, and I wanted to make it easy for her to do the same. Um, and the way that uh, you figure out how to establish these boundaries that I suggest is to think about the concept of pacing. All right? It's the idea of pacing. This is how I came up with all the boundaries that we ever had. Um, it was with the idea of pacing. So uh, something you have to know is when you start a relationship, it will end one of two ways. Okay? You will either break up or get married. So you just know when you start a relationship, you're starting a race that only has two possible destinations. You break up or you get married. So you want to conduct your relationship in such a way that no matter which of those two endings comes, that you've really honored God, that you're both in better places in your relationship with God, and that sometime in the future, uh, when you guys are married, whether it's to each other or other people, um, that those marriages haven't been, don't have any problems because of your relationship, okay? Um, so with this, I actually have a, an analogy, that's why I have the whiteboard here. Um, when you think about the idea of dating, uh, the idea of pacing, 
uh, it really uh, works well with the idea of, of a race. All right. So let's say right here. Oh, yeah. Can you see that too low? All right. I'll just stay over here. Okay, here you go. Here's the starting point. So here's these different areas. What was it? It was time, communication, physical boundaries, and emotional boundaries, okay? So, and then this is the finish line. Yes. Oh, this is? Yeah. No problem. Wow. Oh, that was my All right. So this is the start of your relationship, right? And then this is marriage. So anything past this is only really appropriate in the context of marriage. All right? Does that make sense? So, um, so it's not just, not just talking about having sex. Uh, there's a lot of other things that are only appropriate in the context of marriage. Um, spending all of your time together. But, you know, there's a, there's, a really, uh, there's a real line to how much time you're spending together that is inappropriate before you're married. Okay? And, and there's... Uh, uh, you know, communication. There's things you shouldn't really talk about before you're married. You know, you shouldn't over-invest because that's, that's where the, the emotional boundaries kind of lead into the communication. They're kind of a, they're a, they're a back uh, a backstory to the communication boundaries. Or, like, I think, like, communication could be, like, sharing your, like, finances. And I don't know. I've seen that get weird. Yeah. That's just another note. All right, side note. Yes. Um, so, so it's that idea. You start your relationship here, you know, and so you're tracking down these. And the idea is that you're going to be constantly making progress on these, right? Throughout the course of a relationship, you're constantly making progress towards this point. Here's the trouble people do: is they they spend, let's say, example. This is probably the most common: is they talk to each other or spend a ton of time together. Those usually go together, all right. So they start a lot before they start dating. So they're already up here in these two categories, when they start their relationship, right? What you just did is you shortened the potential progression that's appropriate before marriage uh, for your entire relationship. So you just now started dating, and maybe you have three years before you're going to get married, but you only have this much ground to cover. It's going to be really tricky. It's going to make your it's going to put a lot more strain in your relationship than is necessary. Uh, so that's one. That's the reason why, like for example, Brittany said I had hung out with her and her roommates like a couple times before I asked her out because I was really careful. I had, I liked Brittany. I knew I liked her for a while before I asked her out, but I knew I wasn't going to ask her out yet, and so I didn't spend a lot of time with just her. Uh, I only started doing that within like a month or two before I actually asked her out. I would hang out with her and her. It was still in a group, um, but it was like not with a huge like group. It was just with a, with a few people, and I, I pr was purposefully setting it up to hang out together. Um, showing interest in her. Um, so you, uh, this, is a, this is a trap I'm just going to warn you about. Um, if you're not dating right now, or maybe you are, and if you date somebody else in the future, sorry, that was, uh, that's depressing. Um, <laughs> it's real life. Uh, don't, don't fall into this trap, OK? Because a lot of people do this, all right? Um, save, save the progression of the relationship um, really for when you're dating. Because what happens if you, if you go, or if you go, just go too fast? You know, this happens, this is really why I don't think it's a great idea to tell somebody you love them right after you start dating. Because what you just did is you just, you know, maybe a, a month into your relationship, emotionally, you just jumped way the heck up there. And the trick about this is that they're all connected. Once you move quickly in one category, it's going to be pulling the other categories up. 
And that, that whole like, saying that you love somebody, that's like a conviction of mine. I'm not saying that's not in the Bible, but that's just an example. Um, that, that's uh, something I thought that was I didn't want to tell her right away. Um, so if you have done that, I'm not saying that's a bad idea. Um, that's just my own conviction. Um, so, but that is the, it will probably make things a little bit more difficult because it pulls, it pulls on these other categories to catch up um, when, you, when, you, when you move ahead in, in one. Um, and so why is that bad? You know, you think, well, so what? Okay, we're just gonna track right up here and we'll camp, boom, right there. You know, I got two years to go before I know, you know, we're really gonna seriously be thinking about marriage, uh, but you know, we're not gonna cross that line. That's exhausting. You're, being in a relationship drives you to constantly progress and grow closer to that person. So if you're stuck right there uh, for a long time before you get married, a few things are going to happen. You're going you're gonna to have like, a really hard time and potentially end up breaking up. That's what I've seen this happen. All right, Or you're going to start marriage at the point of exhaustion relationally. And marriage is just the start of a, a marathon. So you do not want to start a marathon exhausted, OK? Do we have any runners in the room? All right, any? None? Oh, one, OK. So do you want to go on like a, like a, like a mile or a, like a 20-mile run right before you run a marathon? A mile's not long. Yeah. Like for me, a mile, I'm like, I don't want to <laughs> run a mile before I do mile. anything. <laughs> All right. Uh, no, you don't. You don't want to go on a huge run right before you run a marathon because you'll be tired. That's just, it seems really silly, uh, but I see pe people do it. They think, oh, well, as long as, I, as long as I stop before there, it doesn't matter. I can go as fast as I want to up to this line and just stop. Uh, that's, that's tiring. That's going to put strain on your relationship. That's just unnecessary. Uh, so that sounds really rulesy, uh, I admit. But, the, but honestly, dating this way is much more fun. And I speak from experience. Okay, it sounds rulesy, but it is way more fun. Because it's fun to grow in your relationship. It's exciting. Uh, it's really a good thing to get to know the person better and get more connected to them. And so why not pace your relationship so that you can experience that, that joy and, and that, uh, you know, the, the, the fun part of the relationship of getting to know them better all throughout the entire time up until you get married. Well, that sounds a lot more fun to me than the other way. Um, so, uh, with that in mind, you know, pacing relationship in all these areas is key um, because uh, if, you, if you cross this line, you know, God doesn't smite you, a, a, and a, but it's going to make life harder, all right? Dating, if you marry the person, dating is the foundation for your marriage, okay? I, I've only had a couple people tell this to me but I'm so thankful they did. I haven't heard this a lot, uh, but somebody told me, they said dating is the foundation to your marriage because that's when you establish how you're gonna to relate to another, one another. So you, you establish your patterns of communication, how you relate to each other, how you problem solve, how you deal with conflict. All these things are established while you're dating and they continue going on after you're married. So you're pouring the foundation for your marriage and you wanna pour a good one, okay? You don't want cracks in that foundation because it will come back and cause issues that just didn't need to be there. You know, why cause problems for yourself? So that's why it's really, you really want to strive to not, not cross those lines. Uh, and then have someone keep you accountable for these boundaries. Don't, don't try to superman it, all right? 
Don't try to just take care of it on your own. Think, I'm going to make these boundaries, and I'm not going to cross them. You know, have somebody keep you accountable for them. And then be honest when you mess up. That's huge. Because we, you know, relationships are, are a, a fairly like a, a private matter in a, in a way. It's, it's between two people. You know, but your, your Christian faith is not private. And your relationship will affect your relationship with God if you're messing up. So if you use the excuse, well, that's my relationship and it's private, that, that's, really, that's really a foolish, that's a foolish mindset to have. You need to be honest with somebody about how, how it's going and be honest with someone who's going to call you out for it. It's going to work out better for you in the end. We messed up. We did not date perfectly. But when we messed up, we cleaned up. Okay, we didn't say, oh, well, we'll just keep on, you know, doing, you know, relating to each other in, in this way because we are we already went there. We, you know, we did not do that. When we messed up, we cleaned up. I told the person who was keeping me accountable, you know, they lovingly told me I was an idiot <laughs> and that I needed to need to clear it up and needed to not do that again. OK, <laughs> so it was awesome because because we had these boundaries, these boundaries were f- far above the point of sin, honestly. I did not think, okay, well, this would be sin. Like, I'm going to draw another one here. Right here. All right. Sin. Oh, that's an N. All right. Not a teacher because I can't write. That's the only reason why I didn't do it. So here's the line of sin. I wasn't like, all right, we don't want to sin, so here are the boundaries. You know, that's stupid because we're not perfect. We're going to mess up. So I tried to make our boundaries way up here. This is an, uh, the line of excellence. I'm not going to try to spell it because I'm also a terrible speller. The other reason why I uh, didn't go into teaching. Um, so this is the line of excellence. Strive for this line with your boundaries. Really strive for this line with your whole life, but we're talking about dating here. Strive for this line with your boundaries because that way, if you mess up, you know, you're going along, doing this, la, 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 doing awesome. Oh, we messed up. You're not way down here in sin where you're going to be dealing with really severe consequences, all right? You, you, you have messed up and you need to fix it, but you're not putting a huge you know, barrier in your relationship with God in your ministry, all right? You're not, you're not making a huge uh, mistake at the uh, expense of your, your ministry to others, okay? So once you're in a committed relationship, oh, I'm sorry, here's my pro tip. Pro tip for the guys, I almost skipped it. All right, this is real talk, guys. You had better have the stones to ask a girl out in person, all right? If you, if you can't, right? If you can't do that, you aren't ready to date. I'm just going to say Get it. out of here. And maybe just you're like, me. well, hey, Please I stay. didn't do that. I'm still dating somebody. Uh, good for you. I still think that was a pretty sissy thing for you to do, all right? Mm. So it's just real. You okay. Just yeah, you know, just, a few people aren't going to listen to me for the rest of the talk. I'm sorry, okay? That's real life. Okay, because it's scary. It's scary because she might say no. But thank goodness girls will say no because who wants to date someone who's not interested in them? That is a waste of time, okay? Ask a girl out in person. She says yes, awesome. She says no, awesome. You don't waste your time and money on her. All right? It sounds bad, but it's there the truth. There has trick. to be a better way to put that. That's how I'm putting it. <laughs> All right? So you didn't want to go out with you? Okay, don't spend your time or money on her. You Let... will leave her for the person that truly she belongs with. There you go. That's... There you go. All right, I was talking to the guys, not the girls. That was the, that was the girl filter on what I said. 
<laughs> Here's the next one. Plan real dates. Plan real dates. Do not show up to her door on the first date and be like, all right, awesome, what do you want to do? No, you should have figured that out already. You asked her out on a date. Plan a date, you know? Let, and again, everybody who I didn't lose before, I just lost them now. <laughs> but she likes to choose. Yeah, all right, nope. No, she doesn't. Nope, She's she just doesn't. a nice nope. girl. She wants you to decide. Uh, she wants you to plan a date for her. And even if she doesn't, you should, OK? Because uh, it shows that you actually care. So you thought about what you were going to do. Because I want to take you out on a date, and I'm going to take the time and effort to plan a date for us to go on, OK? So that's, that's my pro tip for the guys. If you disagree with me, okay, I disagree with you too. Ooh. <laughs> uh, so now you're in a committed relationship. Well, bam. Well, bam. Uh, see, this is a workshop. You can say stuff like that. It's awesome. Um, it's a good, once you're in a committed relationship, you need to stay humble and teachable. This is huge, 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 huge. You're in a committed relationship. Stay humble and teachable. I've already actually hinted at this because it's such a big point. You need to be real and honest with the people who are holding you accountable to your spiritual authorities in life. Because, um, again, going back to some really unfortunate uh, negative examples, I've seen this. This I've seen quite a few times. Uh, people start, a couple started dating. Seemed one, not a terrible idea. Seemed like it was fine. They started dating for a while, and there started being some issues in the relationship. Well, actually, there's lots of things that bleed together. You know, they moved too fast through some of these, so they got really emotionally invested in one another. Um, and they stopped being teachable to, to, their, to their spiritual authorities in their life. Uh, and so they just ignored uh, uh, the advice, and they, did, they didn't want to hear it. You know? They really cared about that person. They weren't going to hear about uh, what they were doing, the wrong, doing wrong in their relationship. Uh, or they weren't honest with the person, and so the person couldn't help them with the problems going on in their relationship. Um, you've got to stay humble and teachable, because uh, every time I've seen this happen, uh, I've seen this happen, OK, and this is what happens. They ended their time. Uh, I'm not even talking about one specific couple. I've got like, like, three, three different couples in mind. They all ended their time in college with no ministry to others, none. They did not have, they did not have a power. As of from when those issues started happening, and they weren't teachable, weren't humble, weren't honest about them, they completely stopped being effective for, for helping build up the kingdom of God, okay? Is if you can picture what kind of effect would that have in the relationship with God. I mean, that started backsliding. They were able to keep up face for a while, but, but their relationship with God really started backsliding. Um, and so they ended their time, time in college with uh, you know, a less, connect, less connected God, no real ministry to others, and, and uh, completely fixated on their, on their relationship. Uh, and have lost a lot of friendships. Did you have any other thoughts on that, or? No. Cool. <laughs> it's really, it's, it's really true. sad. It's really sad. And so I don't say that, uh, you know, thoughtlessly or carelessly or um, without concern for those people. Um, I just don't want to see it happen to others. And if you use the excuse, and I'm, I have this specific excuse in mind because I tried to use this a couple of times. I use the excuse. Well, I know what they're gonna say if I talk to them about this, so I don't need to talk to them about it. You know, I was like, well, I know what they're going to say about this issue that we have going on. And so I'm not going to bring it up, you know, with the person discipling me. Red flag, okay, if you have that thought, red flag, boom, blares, like horns, like blaring your head. Like that's a problem because you are being unteachable, okay? 
that if the, every time that happened, what I ended up doing, if the, if I had that thought, I would just like stop what I was doing and text the person saying like I have like I'm, next time we meet like we should I have something to talk about like with my relationship, so that I couldn't get out of it, you know. I keep myself from, from buying into that, that mistake. I didn't do that every time, but I did it a few times, and it really helped. Because uh, uh, it'll help you avoid really stupid mistakes that are easily avoidable um, if you're just humble and teachable. So um, as we begin to like wrap up, we have just like a couple uh, fast advice for if you're in a relationship. Um, and if you're not, I guess you should remember this. Yeah. But uh, something that really helped us and still I think helps us, is the idea of just like being nice to each other. Um, I don't know. Seems simple. I don't know why this happens, but the people we care and love about the most, we are the meanest to. And uh, I don't know why that happens, but it's so easy. And mm -hmm. so just don't. Like the people you care and love about the most, you should be the nicest to, right? <laughs> so uh, so some ways I've seen that is like not saying anything that would put the other person down, especially in front of others, sarcastic jokes, poking fun. You know what I mean, just be nice. Nice is good. Um, and just because, okay, this is the next tip. Just because they hate your expectations of who you want to date does not mean you have to date them. We talked a little bit about that, yeah. if they're ugly or whatever, you don't. <laughs> you don't have to date them. Um, and this applies to before you're dating or even if you're dating. Um, just because you match up with the person doesn't mean you need to marry them by any means. Um, and because you don't want to spend the rest of your life with someone you not really want to be with. So don't do that. Um, it seems self-explanatory. It seems like common, common like yeah. knowledge, but it's shocking. How then how come I've seen that so many times? Yeah, it happens. I don't know. Uh, this one I feel really strong about. Uh, dating should be fun. Like we loved dating, and um, this is why we like harp on all this so much. Yeah. Is because when this stuff gets weird, it's not as fun. Um, when it's like going well, that's when it's the most fun. Yeah. Um, and so. We put like a bit more work into our dating relationship, um, but through our entire relationship, we had a lot of fun. And we really love being married. Being married is awesome. And so we really do like dating. Yeah. And um, you should like it too. If you're not, if things are more hard than good, I might take a second to reevaluate. And I've also kind of seen like the mentality, like I call it like the stand by your man mentality. The stand by. No? Okay. Uh, <laughs> that's like for marriage. That's not like if the person you're dating is like you're constantly like it's a grind to like be with them. I don't know. I, I My personal opinion is that's not for dating. Like it should mo mostly be good, sometimes hard, but mostly good. So that, that's just something. Um, okay, this is also a really big point. You could do everything that we're talking about and not get married. And you know how I would take that? A win, like breaking up is an option. A lot of, like I think maybe a Christian thing is like breaking up is like you failed or you messed something up so bad here that there's no fixing, which that does happen. But you could do this perfectly. You could be like superstar dater and just break up still. That's the point of dating to figure out if you want to marry that person, not like to marry that person, if mm -hmm. you want to marry that person. 
So if you're dating someone and it's going really well, but you're just not feeling it, break up, okay? <laughs> and it's not that it's life will go on and you'll find someone else and it'll be much better. So breaking up is an option and it's not a failure. So just wanted to point that out. Yes. Oh, you don't I have a mic. Um, all right. So like she said, we really like people dating, okay? Dating, dating is a good thing. Um, we just harp on one of these things because we think that you should not date with the world's wisdom. You really should date like with God's wisdom and with biblical principles in mind. Um, and it's very doable. It's, it's very, very doable. It's just not what you mostly see. Okay, so if we're, what we're talking about seems like, oh, that's crazy, that's way too hard, that's way more work, they're overthinking it. It might just be that it's very different than most people date because most people date with the world's wisdom, the way they see on TV shows. They maybe they haven't, you don't, haven't had a really good pattern, you've seen somebody date well. You know, figure out biblical principles that apply to dating and apply them regardless of it. people might think it's weird. We had people who, like, teased us about how we dated, okay? We got, like, our, we, our first spring break, we were dating for about two months when first spring break uh, hit after we had started a relationship. And we got, like, teased throughout the entire week because people were like, are you guys even dating? Do you, like, do you even like each other? You never talk to each other, you know? But it's just because we were dating differently than they were dating. And that, that was, we were okay with that. Uh, all right, so I want to wrap up with one last point, okay? And that is, dating is not that big of a deal. <laughs> okay, it seems really ironic to say that in a dating workshop. Dating is not that big of a deal. So listening to a dating workshop can really, like, blow it out of proportion on importance in your life. Dating is not the most important thing in your life, so please don't leave this room with that mindset, okay? It's a part of life, but it's not life, okay? So don't leave here and super overanalyze it. Hyperanalyzing is bad, okay? Being wise is good, okay? So if you find yourself just constantly thinking about whether your relationship is going how it should or not, you're probably hyperanalyzing it. You know, get some advice, pray about it, you know, really make sure your relationship with God is going good and, and then move on. Like if it's going good, like trust is going good. Right? Yeah, exactly. Some people like start getting like I've, I've talked to people about this and then they started like over overthinking it. Uh, so, so don't do that uh, because the truth is that dating is not the most important thing in your life. And I think if you apply these principles, it will help it keep it from becoming the most important thing in your life. So we really hope that we've communicated is that dating can be really, really fun and enjoyable uh, if you do it in a really biblical and God-honoring way. And so hopefully, hopefully we've shared some, some tips and things that would be helpful about that. Um, so I think we have time still for some quick Q&A. Maybe we went a little long. Um, but we'll go ahead and do it for a little bit. Oh, All right, go for it. Which should be hard stuff? Conflict. The communication conflict. I miscommunications happen um, all the time. I think like a difference between like where maybe that line would be is like, okay, we're having like a bad day or like even like maybe we're off for a week, but it's not like a... I'm really like troubled for him. Like, oh no, Cody's like going crazy and I need to like stick by him to like see him through. 
like, if he goes crazy, like, when we're married, like, I would stick by him to see him through. But if we were, like, dating and he was, like, totally, like, I don't know, being super weird, you I'd, be break like, up. I'd be like, I'd be like, You know? And if you think Out. you need to stick, you know, you think, oh, well, they're just having a hard week. Yeah. You know, that's one thing. But if their direction of life shifts, you're like, oh, I just need to see them through. And then, like, a month or two down the road, they're still heading in the wrong direction. Get out of there, you know? And again, if you're humble and teachable to, to your spiritual authorities, they're going to help you see that, the difference as well. Because we would like, get, like, funks. Or, yeah. There's, like, a difference between a funk and, like, I don't know, changing your life or yeah. something weird. Does that make sense? But your specific question was like, what are some like the hard stuff? So yeah, I mean, yeah, click, uh, you know, communicational conflicts and uh, that's probably, that, I don't know how many other hard things we went through besides that while we were dating. Can you think of any besides like communication conflicts? Like M my immaturity. No. Yeah. <laughs> both of our, probably. both of our immaturities, you know, like that, like, you know, maybe you have like some sort of like, <laughs> you know, you're uh, you know, you, you just are really selfish about something, and you communicate in that way. I wanted you to come hang out with me today. Yeah, and you, you like come. went and did something else, and then you have a conflict about that. You know, like, okay, like clear that up, like, and then hopefully try to grow from that and move on. Um, th so that would be like a conflict. That would be like a hard thing. Um, so that's a good question. Ah, the TCPE. I'm a really good artist, too. You can see. So much detail. The shading is awesome. Let's say you're in a relationship, and you're trying to do these things, and then you find yourself that you have stepped over the line into that realm of marriage. Um, what, what do you do? I knew that question. She actually asked that question before here, because um, we thought somebody would probably ask it. Hers was a little more specific, but... Uh, uh, so, I mean, again, it sounds like my answer to everything, but you get real with God. Really, get real with God and get real with your mentor. Like, do those things. Get real with God and get real with your mentor. If you leave, oh, this is another uh, pro tip, okay, for both parties. After every date, pray. Not together, separate. Leave your date, boom, and immediately pray. Because that was a super big warning sign if I felt like I was like, having feelings of guilt or something about what we had done on that date or talked about or how much time we had spent together on that date when I was praying, that was a problem and that I needed to change something because our relationship should not cloud my relationship with God at all. So if that was happening, then something was off and we needed to course correct. Um, so that is something that would help you realize, I think, you're past that line. Um, but yeah, get real with God, get real with your mentor and Okay, honestly, this is something people, especially if you're in a relationship, might not like to hear. But if you've crossed these lines, the specific question we've actually been asked before when we did this workshop before was, okay, let's say in the physical relationship, you know, we've, we've gone here, all right? So we've slept together, okay? Like, how do, we, how do we resolve our relationship now? How can we get back on track? And I'm not saying this is the only way. I'm saying it's the only way I've ever seen it work. I've only ever seen it work if they took a break. They took a break from their relationship and got their relationships with God right before they came back together. Because but not like a Ross and Rachel break. Yeah, right. No. You know. <laughs> we were on a break. Yeah. No, okay. 
Um, all right, so um, to, to, I would, my honest advice would be take, take a break because this will mess up your relationship with God. That's going to create a barrier with you in your relationship with God. And how are you, and you need that to be right to help you resolve this. So if you're still engaging in that relationship and at the same time trying to repair your relationship with God, it's really hard to do. It's really messy, you know? And so the way I've seen it work uh, is took a break and, you know, got things right in the relationship God. And, uh, and I've seen or heard about it going both ways. They ended up being able to continue dating and ended up getting married. Or sometimes they decided that they just, that they weren't going to continue the relationship after their break and they broke up. And, and I know it's gone both ways. Um, but in both cases, it worked out better because I've seen people not break up, not take a break, and just kept on trying to push through. They kept sleeping together, uh, maybe less frequently, but they were still doing it. And they ended up getting married. And then a couple of years later, they got divorced. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants to get married with the thought, well, I'm probably going to get divorced in a little bit because we have all these issues that we created. But instead, we just ignore the issues and then go ahead and move on anyways, thinking they'll get worked out. You know, they don't, things don't just get worked out uh, with time. It's not, it's not a magic wand we get to wave. So that kind of makes sense? So that's what I'd suggest. I would, take, I would suggest um, take, so it doesn't mean, you don't have to, and again, talk to your uh, spiritual authority about it. Because maybe uh, it's in you know, the category of time. You spend way too much time together. Uh, maybe you don't need to take a break to, to, to fix this. Maybe you need to just put real strict restrictions on how much time you're spending together. Um, and then, you know, every t- if every time you mess up in one of these areas of boundaries, you have you go to uh, this is to the guys because the responsibility of sticking to the boundaries is on the guy. Um, so, uh, if you every single time you mess up in your boundary, you uh, you know you ask forgiveness of God and you you ask for because that's a commitment you made before Him as well. Yeah, you ask your girlfriend for forgiveness for not sticking to your word and sticking to your boundaries, and that's going to get old real fast. And you're going to be a lot more motivated to stick to your boundaries. If you ask her for forgiveness every single time, you're going to feel like a fool after a little while, and you're going to start losing credibility with her. So you're going to be pretty dang motivated to start sticking to your boundaries. That was, that was something Paul talked about with me that really helped me. I had that in my head. Um, We did not. No. We uh, did you ever talk to like Christy about the boundaries or? Uh, probably not as explicit as you and Paul would, but she would ask me like, "So how's it going?" Probably because Paul would like tell her. Paul would ask. <laughs> okay. okay. Again, we'll talk. Paul would ask me if we were using our tongues when we were kissing after we started kissing. Nice. All right. Nice. Dude, you want a mentor like that? Like he's a boss. I mean, that's uh, awkward. That I'm sure he did awkward. not appreciate asking me that. I didn't love he asked me that. You know, <laughs> he wanted to help me stay on track. She, I don't know if she ever knew that. 
That's my boss. <laughs> All right. Okay, well, see, it worked out, though. Okay. Yeah. So, no, we did not. But I did tell her the boundaries that we were going to have because I don't want her to be confused. You know, I didn't want her to think, well, why isn't he kissing me? I told her we're not going to kiss for the first year. You know? Like, why isn't, why isn't he, like, hanging out with me all the time? Well, because I said we're only going to go on a one date a week. And so, so I, I told her about these, these uh, boundaries. Um, yeah. I didn't, Christy what? would more ask, like, how are things going? Not necessarily. Yet. Yeah, she never asked me that, so. <laughs> That's <laughs> <I don't> fair. <laughs> um, yeah, and so I would tell her, because then I, I, would, I would need to clear things up with her if I, if I went past them. Setting the boundaries? Uh, you know, that's a really good question. Uh, that's a really good question. Uh, I, the guys should be thinking through this ahead of time before you ever ask, truly ask a girl out. So in that context, yeah, they should be the ones coming, uh, you know, moving into the relationship, starting the relationship with a plan for how you're going to date. But. But. Okay. Oh, no, you go for it. That makes I sense. I was going to add, but if it's something that the girl would not be comfortable with I think it would be appropriate to be like if he was all like we can start making out tomorrow <laughs> I'd be like mm, maybe that's not a good idea so, I, know, I didn't I, have to do that so I don't really know but I've I seen a, that I'm really rulesy anyways and so I don't think she ever had to like come up with further boundaries but I think it's entirely appropriate because again you don't want your relationship to get in the way of your relationship with God you, you don't want your dating relationship to get in the way of that. So if you have a conviction about something and, and the person you're, you're dating hasn't established a boundary for that, like please talk to them about that. You can just be honest and say, hey, I think this is something that, that, that I don't really, really want to do. Maybe it's something simple, like I don't want us to be texting all the time, you know, because I really want to be present where I physically am and, and be investing in those relationships. Uh, and if the, if the guy can't like respect that, boom, like. That makes it easy. Lose him, you know? So A good sign would be like, hey, I don't want, for whatever reason I have, I don't want to hold hands yet. The proper response would be like, cool, we'll yeah. not do that. Yeah. So, yeah, I would let him. But like, it would be his job to, like, make sure that doesn't happen. Yeah, he's still, he's that the, would be like, he should be uh, the one leading the charge and sticking to those. But you can help him out. <laughs> Does that make sense? That's a really good question. That's, I never I would, thought about that question before. My first gut instinct is there, I don't think there's like a formula. You what? I don't think there's like a formula. Yeah, I don't think there's a formula either. I've heard people say it should be like, however long you're in a relationship, like is how long you should wait. I don't think that's true. What if you're in a, that, that why seems, if you're dating someone for five years? You're gonna wait five years to date someone again? I don't think so. No. But uh, that's, that's, maybe to like, and where I think it would probably be more between like you and God, like your, at a good place to like start dating again, maybe not next week, but maybe. I honestly <laughs> think that if you like your relationship with God is is really clear and, and really on point and moving in the right direction, like your life is, um, I don't see a reason to not start dating. Honestly, uh, that's I, like it, it could be really cruel to start dating somebody the next week, um, and so that would be that'd be between you and God. And theoretically, if you dated like this, well, like your breakup wouldn't be too traumatic. Yeah. 
I've seen people date like this, and they broke up, and it was not life-crushing to either of them, and they're now in other relationships after not that long of a time, and they're both perfectly fine and cool with each other. So this will help you be able to move on a lot faster. So yeah, I don't think that that's not a very clear answer, sorry. Uh, <laughs> but I don't think there's a side, that's because I don't think there's a set time that you need to wait. Uh, I would give it a, you know, at least a week <laughs> for the person's feelings. I would honestly, I would probably wait longer than that just out of consideration maybe, but. I proposed to her? Oh my gosh, dude. The dance was, the dance was, yup. She asked me, she, she referenced several times that day, like, wow, you're sweating a lot. Do you remember that? Yeah, I was like, I was hands like, are like God, this so jacket sweaty. is so hot. I was like, I like said like so many stupid things like that. And your hands are sweaty. Ooh, yeah, I might be getting sick or something. I don't know. Uh, yeah, that happens. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was so nervous. I was like, I really thought she was gonna say yes, but man, I was nervous. I thought you were gonna say no. I thought, it sounded like you were saying, I really thought she was gonna say no. No, no, I really thought she was gonna say yes, but uh, yeah. Our dude, our pro I proposed really well, straight up. So if you wanna know that story, talk to me later, cause I proposed like a boss, uh, and I suggest you do the same. So, look, I'm, honestly. It's true. It was awesome. It's true. Uh, yeah, but yeah, my thoughts are pretty much, yeah, screaming. Yeah, screaming most of the day in my head. Um, like, yeah. <laughs> were you praying a lot? I don't know. We were, okay, all, okay, we were in Disneyland. That was a part of our date uh, when, I, when I proposed to her. So I wasn't, I wasn't actually praying a ton. I was like going on like, you know, like Dumbo ride and stuff like that. But so. would you say you prayed before him? Oh my goodness, I prayed so much. There you go. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. If you also want to know, I, we don't have time to share it, but like, I also like, well, my, like how I decided that I was going to propose to her, um, I think that's a cool story. That's a whole other word. Because God really like helped me through that too. So I can, if anybody wants to know about that, you can come talk to me afterwards. They're probably hungry. Yeah, you're probably hungry. All right, sweet. So yeah. Oh, so please uh, feel free to ask us more questions, um, you know, until you leave to go back to Chico or USC. Uh, and then, and especially if you had like personal questions that you want to ask that didn't feel comfortable, please just come talk to one of us. Um, we're pretty chill, not too intimidating, hopefully. Uh, so, so yeah, that'd be great. All right, go eat dinner. <laughs>